so we are continuing with the description of the varnashrama system this is chapter 17 canto 11 part 2 we did up to <coughs> text 23 so i was giving an idea about what it means to be a twice born how to live in this world what exactly are you supposed to do so the system which is followed in the ashram and how you are supposed to follow it in your life there are two separate things the ashram life is completely different but how do you follow that in your material world you are so much involved in your day to day activity so if you are involved in your day to day activity going to work coming back you know using the transport and you are doing banking so on and so forth so many things you do then how do you use that particular knowledge which krishna is talking about in your day to day world so i was giving you an idea about what it means to have this particular birth and follow certain rituals and rules so you have to be simple you have to have something which is called uh you don't need to have airs in your world that means i want to wear this kind of clothes i want to wear that kind of clothes you can wear simple clothes which are good fitting go to work and when you are working over there you need to be 100% focused in your job what happens is we get biased in our world where how do we get biased in our world we say that i don't want to do this work or i don't want to live in this family or i don't want to be a part of this you know circle because i have a problem i don't like this person i don't like that person this person is not good that person is not good but that does that qualify that you should not be doing your duty 100% so the idea is that you should be doing your duty 100% not because somebody else is saying something to you so you cannot blame your husband your wife your children the society your boss circumstances or whatever because you are not performing properly you need to perform your job perfectly translates into you are supposed to put 100% of what you are doing over there but it has to be done with dispassion dispassion means what this passion means you should not be bothered you know at the end of the day oh how much i am going to earn what i am going to do where i am going to go whether i will get promotion whether i will not get promotion whether my husband is going to treat me nicely whether my wife is going to treat me nicely whether my children are going to be staying with me they are not going to be staying with me whether my relatives are very good they are not very good to me whether my friends are going to you know if i am spending me are the friends going to spend so on and so forth you know many a times we have seen that you used to call earlier your friends now what has happened you are saying now every year i have been calling them now they don't call i will wait for their call if they call then i will talk to them that means are you not changing for somebody else that means they don't want to call you and yet you are saying you don't want to call them because they are not calling you how stupid can that be so being in the moment is extremely important in the moment wishing somebody even if your your boss's face is as if he has taken a, a you know a pint of a castor oil doesn't mean that you are supposed to feel bad about it and look at oh my god there he comes no you can wish the person good morning you can definitely say that have a good day something like that and be engrossed in the job the job you are doing because it has to be done not with an intention that i want to make something out of it anyway what has to happen will anyway happen to you so why are you bothered about it so we were talking about how to be in the moment what to do in your world then the next thing there are different different things which you are supposed to perform that means you go to work you are 100% in the job yet you are detached from it hmm then the relatives if you are attached to your relatives you are going to get into trouble 
because for the sake of your relative or whomsoever that you think of you are going to be performing certain actions so in that action is it not going to be you scratch my back i scratch your back that means it's a transaction and unattached object is not a trans when you do certain things unattached it means you are performing actions without any motivation or idea that you are going to get something in return so when you do perform an action it has to be in a detached state and the last one is called discrimination which discrimination means thinking that everything is unreal except god and these are these are the three things that you need to keep in mind dispassion detachment and discrimination if you live like this in this world and perform your duties the duties which come your way naturally not unnaturally the duties are coming to you naturally then you have to perform them perfectly 100% being involved in the process now doing all these things in the material world where is the time for god so if you really want to have time for god then the only thing that you need to do is i think it is frozen or something so the only time that you need to do something let us say for example you are performing all your material worldly duties where is the time to think of god you will say it has to become involuntary action involuntary action directly translates into you know your breathing in and out in and out in and out so when you are breathing in and out that action is involuntary in nature so if it is involuntary in nature it keeps on happening without your knowledge likewise you need to take the name of the god involuntarily without any focus on this you know like i am taking this action because i want to do i want to think of god no 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 you have to think of god whether you like it or not you can just keep on saying you know every now and then maybe some name of the lord it does not matter keep the company of holy people you see when you keep the company of bad people this is the next one what happens to you is like this mangoes you know if, the, if you have a box full of mangoes and one mango is bad what happens to the rest of the mangoes they all turn bad so why do you want to do that you know if you keep certain things which are going to remind you of somebody is it not going to make you that very soon so let us say for example you have somebody in your life now this person goes away now maybe it's a ex boyfriend or somebody like that or ex girlfriend somebody like that what happens to you you keep their number their messages the photographs everything in your in your page in your phone book or in your computer or some such place every time when you open your facebook or your computer or your laptop or you know your phone what are you doing now let us say you are going to the images photographs you know you have entire library of them so when you open the image you are scrolling through them and you see this image of your girlfriend boyfriend or whomsoever ex husband or whatever or ex ex wife whoever it might be or somebody that you hate from the bottom of your heart then what happens to you you look at their image and keep on wishfully thinking about it oh you know when this was this photograph was taken when i had gone to the garden i had gone for this you know movie star wars number 2 number 3 number 4 or something like that the empire strikes back us time pe maine liya tha you think like that you are bringing back the memories for what so that you can feel nice about it or you want to feel bad about it the best thing for you to do is stay away from those things isn't it why do you need to have this photograph just delete them why do you need to have those messages can you delete them no this message i am 
keeping in my phone or in my laptop because I want to remember how bad these people were to me. I mean, think about it. Because you want to remember till the end of your life how these people were bad to you, you remember those things. How stupid can that be? Can you not throw them out of your life once and for all? Delete that message. Throw it away somewhere. You don't need to carry those memories. Do you know what I am trying to tell you over here? Simply this, you don't need to carry your luggage from the past to the present. So exactly what I am saying. If you keep the company of the sages today, if you keep the company of good people in your life, you will become good. But if you keep some gutter things from your past which are not going to be healthy, you are going to continue to become like that. You are always going to be wistful. You are always going to be angry. You are always going to be upset about the whole issue. Because this person was like that. Because the person was like that. I am like this. This is the stupidest thing that you can do. So in an ashram, what do they do? They make you having complete amnesia. So in your life also. Do not have these kind of things with your don't carry them with you you know many a times we carry a small perfume bottle or we carry a, a handkerchief or we carry something people do that or maybe you know inside your book there will be a rose this rose was given by my girlfriend my boyfriend what is that rose that has got to do what is it? But keeping the company or keeping things which are going to be very very good for you. Like say for example, if I am going to have all the mills and boons with me and all those romantic novels, what am I going to think? I am going to think only of romance. Now, in my library right in front of me, let us say I have 50 shades of grey, 100 shades of grey, 200 shades of grey. What is going to happen? I am going to have all the shades of grey in my world. The shades of grey means what? You are going to have those ideas going on in your mind constantly. Why do you need to have those ideas going on in your mind? So what you keep in front of you is what is going to color your life. So, so that you become good in your world, we say keep company of good people, of the sages. Keep books which are going to give you the idea about God or goodness. You see, today everybody reads new age books, which is all those, uh, you know, all the high funda people that keep on writing from Deepak Chopra down, everybody. You want to keep those books, it's your problem. Okay? You want to keep the Dalai Lama's books, that is also very good. You want to keep books on Buddhism, that is also very good. So what you see in front of you and what you read is what you become. Let us say you like to read all the murder novels. You know, Agatha Christie's of this world and I don't know what are the new murder novels that are there. What is going to happen to you? You are only going to think in terms of that. So keeping company. Then, you need to have amnesia for your past. I said this. I hope you understand. Now what I am telling you is in your material worldly life, live like an ascetic. Ascetic means like a sadhu baba. Whatever comes your way, eat it. Don't keep names. Don't say, you know, I, the best, you know, tiramisu that I ate over there was in some restaurant, in some... Okay. The tiramisu which you ate in a particular restaurant may be in some other place. It may be in the year 1947. Who cares? Just now there is a tiramisu in front of you. Why don't you enjoy that? I'm just giving an example of tiramisu. But let us say we are thinking in terms of any other simple thing. Right? Think about it. What are you doing in your life? It's a simple example I'll give you. Uh, the example is of a marine. 
you know marine marine is a soldier who goes for war in the united states now there is this marine he goes to afghanistan or iraq or iran or some such place now he's gone there for quite a long period of time he keeps on coming for a day or two and goes away again because he's is in he's in a very very difficult assignment so he goes now let us let us assume this is an assumption now his name is john his wife who is there at home is having an affair with a guy called jack okay so when john returns from one year from his assignment in iraq iran or wherever so what is his what is the wife supposed to do the wife is supposed to welcome him and he is also going to be welcomed and he also feels nice that he has come back from his you know war that he is fighting and he is hoping that there will be a good welcome and let us say they are making love and instead of calling him john she calls him jack now what has happened when you are with one person you are thinking of another person what are you doing can you not be there in that moment you see we become unreal in our world and we bring our past and every other problem in our life here in the in the world of spirituality in an ashram you cannot bring your past you cannot bring mr jack back into your life jack is somebody who is not even required john is the one who is required at that moment and can you not be with john instead of jack who is your boyfriend are you being true so in an ashram if you are going to be following your teacher's guidelines your guru's guidelines you have to follow your guru's guidelines to the t if you tell the guru hamare ghar mein aisa hota tha we used to do like this in our house think about it in the ashram he is making a sambar okay with a very simple thing and you tell him you know in my house in chennai i used to make sambar like this are you not still carrying your memories from there but think about if you are going and staying in some foreign country where you don't get sambar what are you going to do are you not going to use the local ingredients over there isn't it the same thing in our life what i am talking about is if you are in an ashram you have to behave exactly the way you are supposed to be in the foreign country where you are where you are supposed to bother about what you can get right in front of your eyes but how people live in foreign countries mere mummy ka haath ka khana my mother's this thing my father's this thing my you know in my village i get the masala which is very good i get masala which is very good which is in okay, in a particular place i like guntur chilli so i want to get guntur chilli nobody says you can't get in an ashram also you can get but why are you attached to that object if you get bedgi over here use bedgi no guntur is not important just use bedgi and be happy with it so simply what i'm trying to tell you is this that don't be bothered about things like there i was getting like this this is over here if you are with your guru and in your ashram and in his domain don't bring your past don't bring all your habits relationships this that in front of your guru because remember you have complete amnesia as far as that is concerned the day you have entered the portal of your guru's life in his ashram so suppose you have met your guru why are you bringing your past with you don't why are you telling him how you should be performing 
Don't tell him. He is your teacher. He will tell you. He is changing your life. So now we will move to the next verse. So which will give you an understanding of what this future is for people who join the ashram. So in your material world, how these verses react, you know, which you are supposed to react to. Now we will do text 24 from Srimad Bhagavatam, description of the Varanashrama system. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 17. A Brahmachari should always remain silent while bathing, eating, attending sacrificial performances, chanting japa, passing stools and urine. He should not cut his nails, hair, including his armpit and pubic hair. We did this yesterday. That means you are not supposed to be bothered about your personal coffer, you know, like, oh, I want to look nice. Not necessary. Just look okay. It's more than enough. Don't tell me you want to go to Vidal Sasun. Those who are in UK will definitely understand Vidal Sasun means what. Okay. And those who are in India will say, you know, oh, I want to go to Javed Habib. Javed Habib is the Indian Vidal Sasun type. Okay. So why you want to go there? Not necessary. You can go to your usual hairdresser, get yourself cut, whatever, does not matter. Don't don't be so particular about things. Now the next verse, that is verse 25. One observing the vow of celibate brahmachari life should never pass semen. If the semen by chance spills out by itself, the brahmachari should immediately take bath in water, control his breath by pranayama and chant the Gayatri mantra. Now this verse sounds so gross, no? So most of you will say, yeah, what is he talking about? What is Krishna talking about? Semen and all those things. Think about it. What is he saying? If 5000 years ago this was the story, today also don't you think this is the same story? What is he talking about? He is talking about your urges. Everybody has urge. Urge is, I want to do this and I want to do that. I mean, why does a man watch pornography? Why does a man read kind, so, you know, kind of stupid novels? Why does a, somebody go to see Fifty Shades of Grey? Why does he see? Why does a person see Bahubali? He wants to live in a world of fantasy. Nobody is there. Star Wars. Why does a person want to live in Star Wars age? I mean, think about it. How stupid can a person be when a person thinks, just imagine, you know, this is the stupidest thing. And uh, in Star Wars, they are using laser, you know, guns. Right? And with one gun somewhere, they can shoot a person down. Now imagine, there are two great Maharatis coming together. Bahubali and you know, maybe Sasbali, whoever is coming together. They come stand in front of each other and then they pull out their lightsabers. And then they keep on doing fighting with it. Why should they do that kind of a war? Come on. That one fellow can stand in one place, remove his, you know, that uh, whatever you call it, laser gun and do to that person and that fellow will be dead. We don't need to have Star Wars, no? Common sense will tell you that person can be shot dead from far also. But why use the lightsabers? Okay. Just think about it. In Bahubali, you have seen all kinds of impossible things. The person climbs mountain without ropes, without anything. And there is a waterfall. And then he swings from one place to the other, to the other, to the other. Oh my God. Try swinging once only. You will be dead. Even if you are Mr. Prabhas, it is never going to happen. A person kills hundreds of people with one sword. Oh my God. How can you kill 20 people, 30 people, 40 people with one sword? Somebody from far can one throw one spear and kill you also. And why does a person have to hit on the chest? Can you not hit on the head? Or on the neck so that your neck gets chopped up? So Bahubali can be killed in one stroke if you want to. But this kind of stupidity we live in. So if we can live in that kind of stupidity, can you not think that Krishna is telling us something which is very much valid even today? 
you know what he is telling you don't bother yourself about all these things don't bother yourself you know that oh my god i looked at that hot girl and he says no you should never pass semen any semen came out what do you mean by that here this verse is talking of that it means your urges your desires suddenly come out what you are supposed to do you know they say in our life they say if you get such a just imagine you are feeling very hot under the skin go take a cold bath is what they say isn't it jao thande pani mein nahao they say what does that mean thande pani mein nahao and here what is he saying he says if you do this kind of a thing go take a cold bath that is exactly what he is saying he says if the semen by chance spills out by itself the brahmachari should immediately take bath in water that means translated into our material world if any thought comes if any urge comes if any desire comes can you not bother about it here is talking of sexual desires there i am talking of any desire in your world any urge in your world can you not just stay away from it just stay away from it it's not necessary to get into that subject matter this is what he says and how do you do it by breath control taking a cold bath by gayatri mantra nobody will know gayatri mantra i mean hardly many people know gayatri mantra om bhu bhu so what are you talking about i don't know what is this om bhu bhu so i this some some come on if you see ai dil hai mushkil and all those kind of new songs you know rihana ka song mere ko zarur aata hai but lekin ye bhu bhu so pata nahi kya baat kar rahe ho okay you don't know that at least you can take a little bit of name of maybe jesus or something like that does it matter say buddha you know buddha you know jesus okay you know ram you know okay you know krishna say say krishna does not matter so let the urge go dissipate even if bad thoughts come let them not stay with you dissipate this dissipation is called sadhana the technique is breathe that is breathing he says pranayama see control his breath by pranayama first control your breath that means steady yourself down second he says chant the name of the lord chant the name of the lord your thoughts will not go in that direction they will go in another direction third go take cold bath if you want to so what you do you do diverting your attention so in the ashram this is how you can do in your material worldly life you can do the rest of it breathe in your material world if you are getting into some frenzy just imagine you are sitting over there and maybe you are getting angry with somebody or maybe something is happening or somebody from your past has turned up or something bad is happening can you breathe nicely which is use your techniques of pranayama second can you take the name of the lord is very easy you can definitely do that third he saying take a cold bath it means wash away those thought of yours wash them away you don't need to live with those thoughts get rid of them purified and fixed in consciousness the brahmachari should worship the fire god sun acharya cows brahmanas guru elderly respectable persons demigods he should perform such worship at sunrise and sunset without speaking but by silently chanting and murmuring the appropriate mantras so in an ashram you are supposed to do all these things you supposed to worship the fire god they perform yagyas sun they do the morning you know the surya namaskar and all that acharya acharya is a person you know in an ashram there are acharyas acharyas are particular teachers or particular people who do specific activity cows and you will say cow 
why should i i eat beef no cow supposed to be our mother you know it's a it's a way of looking at it brahmanas the people those who are very educated well settled in their spiritual domain such kind of people that means they could be your seniors they could be somebody who knows the vedas and the shastras better could be guru you have a guru you need to be very fixed or good to that person elderly respectable persons and demigods you should perform worship at sunrise and sunset that means perform your daily ablutions their way they are supposed to just like when you get up you go to the loo hmm? and sit for 20 minutes or 30 minutes over there that's called a daily ablution please do that then without speaking but silently chanting and murmuring the appropriate mantra it is very important not to sit on the toilet seat and think about 100 different things can you not take the name of the god you mean to say i should take the name of the god on a toilet seat that's not a good thing so you i will ask you the question in the reverse order god doesn't live in the toilet is it so in god's world there are no toilets i mean think about it that's stupid it's just trying to tell you keep your mind fixed on god wherever you go it does not matter that means fix your go- fix your mind on good stuff why do you have to think about all the bad stuff in this world don't think about bad stuff think about the good stuff right now translation for the material world in your life you have a lot of elders mother brother sister husband wife whoever might be an elder pay respect to that person very very important pay respect to the society okay pay respect to the people who deserve respect in this world your bosses your elders whoever your teachers the acharyas are your cook you know you have a servant or a cook or somebody like that give respect to that person also don't treat that person with disrespect don't say na mai paisa deta hai wo kaun hai no don't say that we give respect to that person also your own life your health everything you need to respect it and live in a world full of harmony and bliss don't get agitated don't get upset and perform your worship worship means your daily ablutions from morning to evening you have certain rituals no you do certain rituals i need to have my cup of tea at 4:30 in the afternoon okay have nobody saying you can't have so in the material world do your stuff with absolute oneness with it don't do it half heartedly now today i don't feel like you know i am feeling very lazy so i will not do don't say that can you do it with enthusiasm just imagine if i am going to do my satsang okay we will open up page number 187 and you open and we will do this you know you are going to sleep now and most of the people i think are most of sleep must be sleeping it's a boring lecture <laughs> so so i have to put a little bit of jokes here and there so coming back to this so you have to be very focused in your material world do your stuff properly so on and so forth and be good to yourself one should know the acharya as myself and never disrespect him in any way one should not envy him thinking him as ordinary man for he is a representative of the demigods this is a verse which is very very important we have to treat our guru like god one should know the acharya as myself god has become your guru the god has become your guru now you will say how does that happen you know there is a very beautiful verse which says gurur brahma gurur vishnu gurur devo maheshwara gurur sakshat para brahma tasmai shri guruve namaha what does that mean god himself has become your guru he has come to teach you certain things so you need to be very good to him so don't ever disrespect him disrespect means what 
calling him names fighting with him arguing with him saying whatever that comes to your mind if you are guru now in an ashram you have a guru and he has his family or his wife or his children you are not supposed to say anything bad to them why are you saying something bad about those people you see in the riyananda baba's ashram there is a wife and children staying with him do you think they don't have their usual kitkits in their life they have but are you supposed to bring that out in the public and call your guru names no this is not a done thing and krishna over here clearly says never disrespect him in any way no way can you disrespect your guru what your guru does is none of anybody's business don't point out fingers at him because he is sakshat para brahma you know one very good example which i give to my students is this my gurudev his name is datatre he is the god with three heads i'm sure you know that in one of the examples you know because he wants to dissuade all the gods who are standing in front of him he has gone inside one lake now when he because he wants to dissuade the god he comes out with two beautiful women on his two arms there's a bottle of liquor and he comes out and sits over there eating all the wrong stuff drinking the liquor and making love to these two women and yet the gods are standing over there in supplication then they they are like this finally narad muni says to him and brahma ji they say they say to datatre gurudev please don't do this this is your maya you are showing we know you are not like this you are just trying to dissuade us and that moment the illusion vanishes and datatre is standing in front of them and there is no illusion of the two women or the liquor bottle or anything like that this is an example i keep on giving my students all the time so in this verse what is krishna saying to uddhava he is telling him never disrespect your guru in any way don't take out anything of his one should never envy him don't ever envy your guru you are not allowed to oh look at him he is traveling by air he goes to this place he goes to that place what are you talking about no don't envy him thinking him as an ordinary man and dev- never in life ever think of your guru as an ordinary human being he is not an ordinary human being he is a guru who is the essence of the divine lord you need to treat him like this so krishna is telling you very clearly do not envy him and do not think of him as an ordinary human being he is the representative of all the demigods first and foremost people don't have any idea about what power a guru has the guru may say many words to you may say you know don't do this kind of a thing why is he saying he is saying because he doesn't want you to fall down and it is important that you don't fall down so he is saying i don't think any guru uses misuses the power that he has you see even when parshuram there is a there are two stories which i will tell you one is a story of dronacharya a uh, dronacharya was teaching all his students at that time there was one person called ekalavya he goes to dronacharya and says you know i want to learn dhanurvidya from you that means how to shoot the bow and arrow and the guru says to him i am sorry i cannot teach you so what he does he tries to learn it on his own by keeping the image of his guru if you are told not to do certain things you are not supposed to do so when finally when he goes to dronacharya to tell him that you know i can be better than your student i am better dhanurdhar than your student arjuna the guru says i want your finger you know this is the most important finger which is called the thumb never never do anything wrong with the guru 
in extreme circumstances parshuram was a guru of karn now karn didn't tell him that he is not from a particular community he projected himself as some can you just close that thing the sun rays are hitting this and it's making it to this side this side yeah so so think about it where the most important thing which happened where karan was concerned he didn't tell his guru who he was finally when the guru comes to know the guru gets very angry and he says you know what you have cheated me so never tell tell lies to your guru come what may always tell the truth remember your guru is not going to trash you he is not going to do anything to you he is on the contrary knows that this is basically the problem with human beings every human being has certain issues and those issues need to be put forward to the guru don't tell lies don't say in the end something that is you have destroyed the relationship between a guru and a shishya don't do that so parshuram tells him at the time when you need this particular art which i have taught you of fighting you will forget it you do not cheat your guru this is what it means so treat him with respect don't ill treat him don't do anything which is wrong never disrespect him don't bring out any kinds of nonsense in front of him you should never envy him what he does in his world is none of your business and this is the meaning of the words <coughs> in the morning and evening verse 28 one should collect food stuff and other articles and deliver them to the spiritual master then being self controlled one should accept for oneself that which is allotted by the acharya you know this is an important line from the ashram point of view in an ashram people go for doing madukari madukari basically means you go out and you beg for food in olden times they used to do in today's day and age there is a different thing which has happened so i will explain this verse from today's point of view consider that your family your job your life and everything that is coming with it is given to you by your guru think like that you are working for your guru not for yourself understood if you are working for your guru and not for yourself which means you are begging from outside and bringing it does it not mean that the entire control of what you do is with him so this clearly translates into that don't say oh i given guru this 5000 rupees he should be happy with it you don't understand your entire salary comes because of him your entire job is because of him your entire work is because of him because remember amnesia you have forgotten don't forget the moment you meet your guru everything belongs to him just you know the reason why because this is ashram life ashram life is you don't own anything everything belongs to the guru you cannot say you no know, oh i am going to spend 5000 rupees and 10000 rupees or you know 1000 uh, dollars on buying myself a, a very fancy uh, something you don't have rights over even that what he is trying to say is clearly this you need to keep your guru in the loop of whatever that you do because you do not know what are the consequences of it you mean to say i should become subservient to the guru you want to become if you want to call it that call it that you are all subservient to god no and god is equal to guru no so what is your problem in life <laughs> now think about it 
That means you have to become oh, like a yes man to your guru. Then what are you talking about? I want to buy this, I want to buy that, I want to buy that, I want to buy that. So in this line, what is he saying? In the morning and evening, one should collect foodstuff and other articles and deliver them to the spiritual master. That means everything that you do is because of him. That means whatever you earn, whatever you do in this world, whether it's your, you know, you are, you are uh, with your husband or wife or job or whatever, the money that you get, everything is because of him. So everything, he is the owner, not you. I will tell you story before I end this chapter. The story is of Shivaji Maharaj. But before this, I will let us come to this. Everything belongs to the spiritual master, so you offer it to him. Then being self-controlled, one should accept for oneself that which is allotted by the Acharya. Only that which your Gurudev tells you, this is what you can use in your world, that you use. You cannot use the rest of the things. Now I will tell you in the material world, how it works. In olden times, we used to come and now suppose you are earning 500 rupees salary. You used to take the 500 rupees and give it to your mother. Isn't it correct? So give the entire salary to your mother. Your mother will give you a certain amount of salary in your hands. We'll say 500 make a 500 make a 50 rupees you take or 100 rupees you take. Now in today's day and age, you say, what 500 rupees salary? So, no, maybe it is $5,000 or $50,000, doesn't matter. You offer it to your mother. The mother will give you, say, $500 and say, this is your monthly expenses. You can do from that. This is what we used to do a couple of years ago, maybe two, three decades ago. In my world, it was my father's world. It was like that. Maybe your father's world, it was like that. Today, this is my money, this is your money, this is my bank account, this is your bank account, this is this, mine is this is mine and that is mine. People have become like this, exactly like this. No, that is not how you are supposed to be. You can't live like that. Do you get the point? This is exactly what you are not supposed to do. This is my money. I have full control over it. What are you talking? How can this be your money? So I told you that to give you this understanding, I will tell you a story. The story is of Shivaji Maharaj. You know Shivaji Maharaj, you have heard of this person? Right? Prabhas may be acting in that movie they are making in Telugu. Okay, that is what Chitti Babu tells me, you know, that Raj Mauli is going to make a film on Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj. I mean, everybody knows Shivaji Maharaj in India. Now, what happens in Shivaji Maharaj's case? Shivaji Maharaj is a Chhatrapati. He is the king of kings. He is controlled half of India. He goes to his guru. His guru's name is Samartha Ramdas. So, Samartha Ramdas doesn't, doesn't even give attention to him. He is having all that, you know, pagdi. And you know, all the gold, jewels, this, that and all these things. So when he goes to his guru's place, he has to remove everything and keep it at his feet. So he becomes a shishya. He becomes a student of this guru. So he tells the guru, initiate me and tell me what I am supposed to do. So Samartha Ramdas initiates him. And tells him, go stay in a jungle. And do this meditation, do this kind of a thing. That is called sadhana. So you do that. So he goes over there in the jungle and he does that. Meanwhile, Shivaji Maharaj's mother comes to his place. Who's the Gurudev's place? And tells him, you know, my son disappeared. And I think he has come to you. So can you please send him back? So Samartha Ramdas looks at Jizabai is her name. Jizabai and says, I don't have your son. No, no, no. You see that Shivaji Maharaj, that remember that person who came. Oh, that man. Okay. Now what do you want me to do? Please. Can he not rule the kingdom? Because there is nobody to rule the kingdom. So she says to him like that. Please bring him back. So finally, after a lot of casually, he calls for Shivaji. 
Now Shivaji comes and he doesn't even look behind the curtain where his mother is sitting because mother is nobody as far as Guru is concerned. So he bows down before his Guru and stands over there and says, Yes, Gurudev, you called me. So Gurudev says, You know, I want you to go and rule this kingdom. So he says, I don't have any kingdom. I am very sorry. I am just a plain shishya. That means I am just a plain disciple in front of you. I don't have any kingdom. So his Gurudev says to him, So who do you think his kingdom is? He says, it is yours. Everything that is there in this world belongs to my Guru only. He says, okay, then do one thing. Go and rule this kingdom in my name. This is my kingdom, isn't it? So go and rule the kingdom in my name. And Shivaji Maharaj then takes it as his responsibility and rules over this entire kingdom. And while he is leaving, he tells his Guru, can you please give me your slippers? You know those khadaos that are there? Wooden slippers and takes them and goes and keeps them on the throne over there. And rules the kingdom sitting at a side with a small chair. And he used to do everything in the name of his Guru. Means what? Means he ruled his kingdom and everything in the kingdom belonged to his Guru. Now this is the kind of thing that you are supposed to have. This is what brings a person to the threshold of purity, sincerity, spirituality. You want to be spiritual, how can you have your own will? It is the will of the Guru. You cannot call him names. You cannot do whatever you feel like. You may say this is literally like a Hitlerian kind of a thing. But of course it is Hitlerian. You want to become spiritual. This is what you got to do. This is called a sacrifice. And your Guru is not interested in your money by the way. First and foremost let me bring it. Let me be very clear to you. The Gurudev that is Samartha Ramdas was not interested in the jewels. Nor was he interested in the kingdom. Nor was he interested in anything. You think a Guru lives by your money? To the hell with your money. Who cares? He doesn't live with uh, you know what you do with it. But if you give proper respect to him. And you understand that it is his. Everything belongs to him not to you, then you will have responsibility in your life. Before you do anything, you will have to take his permission. Because remember, if the kingdom belongs to his Guru, Shivaji cannot take any decisions without even, uh, you know, telling the Gurudev. And the Gurudev will give him the Agya. And that is called Agya. And if he has given you the responsibility, don't keep on harassing him. Hey, what do you want me to do of this? Hey, what do you want me to do of this? No. You are being given the responsibility so you become responsible and take decisions. But they should not go against him. Don't call him names. Don't say because of him. Hey, because of my Gurudev, I am going to, I will beat you up if you don't give me money. Understood? So, this is what it means to be controlled which is allotted, the money which comes or whatever that comes does not belong to you. Your job is not your own. The, the life that you have with whomsoever that you have is not your own. It is because of this person. You should understand this. The day you join the Guru's ashram, the day you have your spiritual master, you do not have for that matter, you know, if somebody will say, no rights in this world. What he says is right. Got it? This is how it works. But please understand, your Guru is not a tyrant. He is not interested in, you know, making you subservient. This is the misunderstanding everybody has. They think that the Guru means, oh, he is making me into some small fry in this, you know. Oh, he is making me a servant of his. This is not making you a servant. He is just trying to teach you what is spirituality. You cannot tell him, I will go and do this in this world. You don't have any rights. 
that is the reason why i tell people write on their faces if you have the guts join if you don't have the guts get lost you don't have to be with me how many people can do that only a shivaji maharaj can do that remember this and are you that shivaji maharaj if you are an ordinary mortal you will be you know like chalo ye satsang ta ho gaya khatam ho gaya you know that's that's the kind of thing you will have in your life but this is what it means so we will try to do one more verse if possible and then if possible while engaged in serving the spiritual master one should remain as a humble servant and thus when the guru is walking the servant should humbly walk behind when the guru lies down to sleep the servant should also lie down nearby and when the guru has awakened the servant should sit near him massaging his lotus feet and rendering other similar services when the guru is sitting down on these asana the servant should stand nearby with folded hands awaiting the guru's orders in this way one should always worship the spiritual master how many people want to stay in this satsang now you know most of the people will say what kind of a crap is this but think about it this is exactly what it means while engaged in serving the spiritual master one should remain as a humble servant don't try to become his master don't tell him what he should be doing and what he should not be doing you don't have rights if as a humble servant your job is to see that you are serving him not the other way round he should not be serving you you can't go and put a gun on his head and say hey mere ko ye deta hai ki nahi you cannot become like that if you want to be a spiritually perfect being this is the only methodology you come up and by the way this methodology has been told by krishna so don't tell me tomorrow ki ana krishna ne aisa nahi bola tha krishna ne hi bola hai kal uthke mere ko ye mat bolna ki hai na mere ko malum nahi i have an independent life i am a modern person of this yuga and i can do anything that i feel like sorry you are not a part of my world then you can take a hike you can get lost go to hell i don't give a damn don't teach me what i should tell you and don't tell me that today's yuga is oh this is the 21st century we are going to the moon okay neil degrasse tyson says you know the people cannot do this and we all this fellow can say that richard dawkins talks like this you want to go and stay with richard dawkins go he is not going to be your master remember that he is never going to become spiritual he is never going to do what he you are supposed to be doing and don't tell me that i have got education in uh, from harvard and from oxford and all those you know bullshit universities and that you can teach me this so in this world krishna says these words you want to become spiritual become spiritual you don't want to become spiritual go away don't stay with me don't stay with your guru don't do anything this is the only way what is the way this verse i am not saying that you have to become a servant the words have a certain meaning you cannot take the words out of context and misuse them okay here i'll read the verse and then i will end after this we will do next week while engaged in serving the spiritual master one should remain as a humble servant and thus when the guru is walking down the walking the servant should humbly walk behind that means what follow him not him follow you okay not the other way around when the guru lies down to sleep the servant should also lie down nearby and when the guru has awakened the servant should sit near him massaging his lotus feet and rendering other similar services when the guru is sitting down on his asana wherever the guru sits the servant should stand nearby with folded hands awaiting the guru's orders or you also sit over guru you sit over there let me sit over here huh? and you sit first and then let that guru sit of yours nothing like that that is not called respect that's called disrespect in this way one should always worship the spiritual master so we are going to stop over here and i know this verse is a little bit tough for you all 
to understand and do so so we will stop over here okay